0: The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today, on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, the spring break numbers are in. and It looks like Puerto Rico
1: is among the winners. And a hotel key hack is discovered. Are those electronic keys truly safe to use? Details coming up
0: in three minutes. You get to your hotel late at night. Kids and the dog in tow after having flown or driven all day. But your hotel says (laughs) they don't have your reservation, and there are no rooms available. So what do you do? Mark has help in our Smarter Traveler segment coming up at 3.20.
1: Ride sharing has become an integral part of our daily lives for many people. But what about the part of the population that doesn't have a smartphone? Perhaps older folks who need a ride. At 3.35, we introduce you to GoGo Grandparent,
0: the latest entry into the ride sharing market. Train Buffs, listen up. At 350, we'll tell you about the coolest train ride in the United States, the Cumbres and Tech Railroads in New Mexico and Colorado.
1: It's Sunday afternoon in Sacramento. If you hang with us for the next 57 minutes, we'll make you a smarter traveler. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on.
2: your
0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano here every Sunday from 3 to 4 o'clock uh, to make you a smarter traveler and entertain you along the way. And uh, just a reminder now, you can follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark, you had yourself one heck of a, a road trip. We talked about it last week. Uh, back home from the the Mother Road, Along Route 66. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We had, a, we had a great journey. And to go from Route 66 to New York City, which is where I will spend most of the next week, and then off to some ballparks after that, but Route 66 to New York City, that's about as diverse as you can get in terms of tour destinations, I would say.
0: I would th- I would think so. Uh, and you guys covered a lot of a lot of ground. And by the way, if uh, any of our listeners may have missed uh, some of the show last week, you can go to iHeartRadio uh, or go to TravelGuysRadio.com. Right there, we post uh, podcasts of all of our programs. And so the one from last week will be there if you happen to be a, a Route 66 fan. So off to New York, and then shortly after that, it's a uh, one of the sports leisure vacation baseball outing. Tell me a little bit about that one.
1: Well, you know, 39 years ago next month, I started a tour company, and we started by taking people to baseball games in San Francisco and Oakland, and so uh, we still do that, and once a year, sometimes twice a year, uh, we take off on longer baseball excursions, so this one will go to Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, and Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, and Cooperstown, and Boston. Hold so in. we'll be following the National League until we get to uh, Fenway Park, and then we'll see the A's and the, the Red Sox play. So anytime you can go to Cooperstown, life is good.
0: I bet. I, you know, I haven't been, but that's definitely on my bucket list.
1: If you're a baseball fan, you, it's nirvana. I mean, it's as good as it can possibly B it, it's just you just marvel at everything and and we have this wonderful extra that we arrange for our groups where our people it, it's a, a memorabilia talk where they bring things half a dozen things out of the archives that are not on display to the public and each one of these items has a story behind it And so the historian of the hall comes, and he gives a lecture to your people, and he explains each of these historic artifacts and what the story is behind them. And, of course, if you're a baseball fan, again, it's – you know, the old saying is, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Remember from Field of Dreams? Um, uh-huh. So we, we, we all kind of sit there with our mouths hanging open. And it's for baseball fans, being able to have, one, have them bring stuff out of the archives at Cooperstown and tell you about it is absolutely as good as it gets. So that's what we will be doing a little bit along our baseball way, and I'm sure I will share some of those stories with you when I get back. Well,
0: we're looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And one thing that we always look forward to every Sunday at the uh, top of the Travel Guys is when Mark brings us up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. So with that being said, Mark, uh, what do you got for us?
1: Well, Tom, in the travel news, we talked in the headlines about – Hotel room keys, you know those electronic keys that you either insert into the lock or you hold up against the door and it frees the lock to open up, the things that that
0: 99% of all hotels on the planet are using now? Right, 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 and most of the time they work and... you know, I learned something about those by the way. When you when you get your keys and, and I'm digressing here. When you get your keys uh, and if you're with someone they, they give you two and you have them in a pack together and then you go to the door and you try to open it while they're both in the pack. Well it you, you won't work. You gotta just you gotta just use one one card key. But if you try wow. to use them both together with inside the pack they hand it to you with, it won't work and then you'll be back down at the desk saying that they don't work. It's, Only one key. Don't try to Stephanie,
1: yes. Does Stephanie let you travel by yourself, or (laughs) she make sure she's always
0: along? Absolutely does not allow me to travel alone. (laughs) Anyway, what's the what's the story? Anyways, if you
1: remember to take one of the keys out of the packet, that really is. I'm sure you're not the first person, Tom, who has been stymied by that situation. Anyhow, what has happened here is that uh, a company called F Secure. Has, they wanted to find out if it was possible to bypass the electronic lock without leaving a, a trace, because there are records that record who comes into the room and when they do. So if you know there was something going on that wasn't okay, um, the hotel would be able to would would have some information about when someone came in there and what key they were using. Well, um, these guys at F Secure have figured out that yes, it is possible. They were po- They were able to create a bypass. And so then after the startling headline, it says, uh, well, you know, could a hacker replicate a regular attack like this? And they say, well, it's not impossible, but most likely this is something that, um, you know, the average the average hacker would have a hard time creating. And F-Secure has informed the people who make the hotel they found this hack and so has been fixed. Is there another hack out there? Well, you know, with electronics, the answer to that is probably yes, there is. But for now, it appears as though hotel keys are as safe as they can be. Um, I noticed also mentioned in the headlines about Puerto Rico. uh, They had record-breaking travel spiking over the spring break holidays. So, Tom, I think that's really good news for those folks. There's nothing like tourist dollars to stimulate an economy because a lot of people make make money off those dollars and then they get spent around town. An average of statistics tell us about 3.5 times each tourism dollar gets spent, so that creates a lot of commerce and a lot of things going on. So congratulations to the folks of. Puerto Rico, plus when you've got big crowds, you've got hotel taxes and things like that. Um, Hotels were roughly 90% full, they said, over spring break. However, it's important to note that one of the reasons that they were probably full is because the hotels were offering incredible prices. And the airlines were offering also excellent airfares. So it made Puerto Rico one of the places to go and be able to go inexpensively during spring break. So kind of the stars coming together to help those folks since they they haven't had too many situations like that since the the two hurricanes last summer. Air Canada has announced that uh, they will now join the airlines that will transfer you on the tarmac. If uh, you purchase their signature business international class, you can expect it while you are still in Canada to be transferred from one flight to another uh, by limousine while you are sedan while you are on the tarmac. That's something that U.S. Airlines had started to do a year or two ago with their very best customers. So now, if you're one of Air Canada's very best customers, you can get that same service. Here's something that might be more up your alley, Tom Southwest Airlines to Hawaii. Yes, yes. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, see, I know you're a Southwest guy. So as soon as Southwest gets gets to the islands, there's a better chance of getting you there. Well, Southwest continues to tease people. They have now set up a separate part of their website. Um, they have announced that it's their intention to serve the four major islands, to serve Honolulu, the the airports in Honolulu, Kahului, Kona, and Lahui, which are the four biggest cities on the four islands. Ah uh, says, more information on specific routes will be updated here soon, so stay tuned. So they're, they're teasing, but somehow they're planning on serving all four islands. Some speculation is that perhaps what they're planning on doing is flying half a dozen flights a day to Honolulu and having each of those flights continue on to a different island, therefore creating for them a minimal level of inter-island service. Mm-hmm. Um, and some frequency to Honolulu from a number of different cities. So that is that is one uh, thing that I read on a couple of blogs this week, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The Freddie Awards were held last Thursday in Seattle, something that I have attended on occasion, haven't been to for a few years, had hoped to go this year, but didn't make it up to Seattle. But we do have the winners here, and this is kind of interesting. The Freddies, of course, are the awards that are given to top-performing loyalty programs in the travel industry. So um, they are given for North America and then for the rest of the planet uh, in both the airline and hotel categories. And we can tell you that uh, Marriott and Southwest basically kick everybody's rear end. Wow. Um, particularly in the domestic stuff. So you'll be happy to hear that, Tom, since you're a, a a Southwest and a Starwood guy, which now basically is Marriott, and I prefer Marriott hotels. So, uh, in the the four North American categories, best program of the year, best elite program, best customer service, and best redemption ability. In other words, you know, how, can you actually use the points that they right, that they right. give you? Marriott won all four of those categories. Um, anyways, other notes from the Freddys: uh, Southwest won in three of the four domestic uh, categories. For their Rapid Rewards program, Americans uh, Advantage program won one category. When we got off of the continent and we got over to Asia, uh, let's see, Virgin Australia swept everything in the airlines. The hotels were ACOR. Hotels Starwood won Best Elite Program. IG, which is Holiday Inn and Intercontinental Hotels, was Program of the Year. Uh, Europe and Africa, looks like Aeroflot, won three of the four awards. Norwegian Air got the fourth one. And among hotels in Europe, Acor Hotels won three of the four awards. There is a complete list of all of the awards can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com if you're interested in finding out who of the airlines and hotels did the best job in wooing their customers with points and awards and promotions and the like last year. And that is your travel news for today.
0: And we are the Travel Guys uh, coming up now uh, right after the break. Have you ever gone to uh, on vacation uh, and you arrive and you go to the desk and they, they don't know who you are, they don't have a room, your, your, your booking isn't there, and not only that, they don't have any rooms available. Well, what do you do from there? Well, stick around. Mark's going to share some information to make you a smarter traveler. Dare I say you're ever in that situation. That's next on The Travel Guys. <music> Tom Romano, we are the Travel Guys uh, on KFBK, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark, uh, the scenario we've been talking about deals with people showing up on vacation to a hotel that they've booked. And my guess is that some of this may be when you book with a third party and you you get there and the people at the hotel don't have a reservation for you and they're overbooked and there is no... Room in the Inn for you. Uh, So tell us about how we deal with that. What do you do? You've got at least one of the scenarios, right,
1: Tom? You get to the hotel. You think you have a valid reservation and the hotel says, who are you and why are you here? One of several things has probably happened there. Um, This has happened to me a couple times. You're booking online and you didn't hit the last button that said make confirm reservation. And then you printed it out, and you thought you had a reservation, but you didn't hit that last button, and so you never got one. That is a fairly common mistake, especially among frequent travelers. So before you leave home, go and make sure that you actually have a confirmation for all of those hotels that you have. Because believe it or not, that is one thing that happens to some people. Now, you get to the hotel front desk. You have followed all the rules. You've made a a legitimate reservation, and the hotel says one of a couple of things. One is... Uh, We don't have your reservation. Another common situation is we don't have a room for you. We have your reservation, but we don't have a room for you. So these situations are handled a little bit differently. If you get there and you have what you feel is a valid reservation and the hotel says no, believe it or not, Tom, there have been recorded situations that have occurred where you walk up with a confirmation number of 1234. And the hotel has a reservation for you, and their confirmation number is different. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the computer has glitched, and they have you under a different number. Or they have you under a slightly different spelling of your name. If it's a hotel you haven't done business with before, or a third-party website that you haven't booked with before, check to make sure that your name might be slightly misspelled and that the hotel doesn't indeed have a reservation for you, most computer systems will pick up on closely spelled names, but sometimes you can mess something up enough that the computer doesn't pick up on it. Your reservation is really in the system, but it's just because your name is misspelled. Now, if you get into a situation where the hotel really doesn't have a room for you, if you have a valid reservation, they're probably going to try to walk you. They're going to say that they'll send you to another hotel. Now, they're supposed to send you a hotel of equal or greater value. That doesn't always happen because sometimes the reason they're overbooked and don't have a room for you is everybody in the whole area is sold out. And it may be very difficult to get you a room, and they may have to give you a room in a hotel that isn't up to the standard of what you booked. And then you'll have to pick that up with the individual hotel, depending on the situation. That's another subject for another day. But while you're standing there at the front desk, and the clerk is saying that they don't have any rooms for you or they don't have your reservation, if it can be determined that you have a valid reservation, and the clerk is still saying, I'm sorry, but we just don't have any rooms, we overbooked, and too many people showed up, ask about a handicapped room. Say, do you have a room that you're holding back for handicapped people that isn't spoken for? They're not going to give you a room that's reserved for a handicapped uh, person. But if they have a room that hasn't been reserved and it is a handicapped room, sometimes it's it's not in the regular inventory. So ask about the handicapped room. Also, ask for the holdback room. In many hotels, they save one room back, especially bigger hotels, just in case something like this happens. And if you can convince them that you are the person that deserves that special circumstance, then ask about the holdback room. It's kind of a secret. And if you ask for it, an inexperienced hotel person mm-hmm. may not know what you're talking about, but an experienced hotel person may very well know. And that may, you know, may be a very small thing that could work in your favor. Still with me? I am. Uh, uh, at what point do you, do you ask for a manager? As soon as you can see that look on the person's face on the other side of the desk that says, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, as a travel professional, I, I, I know when I see that. And sometimes <laughs> I see it right away, and sometimes I don't see it for a while. Sometimes the person will go ask. They know to go ask for another for a manager. Maybe you're checking into a Hampton Inn or a Best Western, and it's 1130 at night, and there's only one person there. Right. Um, so circumstances are going to dictate here. Also, this is where it comes in that you're a member of the hotel's frequent guest program. Because that automatically, even if you don't stay with them on a frequent basis, the fact that you went online, you signed up, you you wish to be one of their better customers, you wish to be one of their preferred customers. Maybe you are a preferred customer, and that's what you've done to indicate that you're going to have. If you have status with a hotel and you're standing at the desk and you're having this discussion, you're asking about the holdback room. It's a good time to politely remind them that you are a gold, diamond, platinum, whatever guest and that you're kind of disappointed that they don't have space for you and that you are frankly very flexible you'd be willing to take a handicapped room or you would ask for a king but you're perfectly willing to take a room with two beds um, you may have to give some flexibility there and the next morning with the manager you may be able to get some some bonus points or uh your route rate reduced or something like that you may not be able to get that done 11:30 at, at night and if you escalate things with somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience you may find yourself with no place to stay now if you get to a hotel And it's not an overbooking situation. You feel you have a valid reservation. You've got – take – always, always take a hard copy printout. Always. Even if you're a millennial and you're listening to this program, when you go on the road, take a hard copy printout. Because if there's a problem, it's a lot easier for people to see a hard copy. And it's a lot easier for you to point on the hard copy on page 2 on line 17 there where it says, you know, that the hotel is responsible for this particular situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, that can really work in your favor. Always have a hard copy of your hotel reservations with you. But if the hotel is giving you grief and saying we don't have room for you and you feel that you have one, uh, a reservation, then you've got to kind of bargain. And again, you may not be able to get everything that you want right then. You may have to come back in the morning And get the rest of what you need from somebody who has a little bit more experience. But the important thing at that point really is getting into the hotel and having a place to stay for the night. If they do walk you, you want to be walked to a hotel, again, that's equal to what you paid for. If it's not, then you want to go back to your original hotel and complain to them. Don't complain to the hotel they sent you to. It's not their fault. Frankly, you're probably lucky that it was available and that you have a place to lay your head for the night and you hope you don't have bed bugs in the morning. I mean, that's yep. you get into one of those situations. No hotel does that intentionally over books, but sometimes it happens. Also, if you're going to arrive at a hotel very late at night, like after midnight, I strongly recommend to you that you contact the hotel personally. Don't put it in your record online. Call the hotel front desk. Preferably call them that evening because then you might get to talk to the person who's going to be on duty later. And you remind them that, yes, you are coming. Your flight has been delayed or you've been delayed on the road. You're not going to get in until 2.30 in the morning. But please save my room because I am coming. I've done that. that, Yeah. that, that, that will keep them from giving your room to somebody else in one of those, oh, we really need a room situations.
0: Right. Well, you know, I'm extremely paranoid about traveling and uh, being in that situation where I don't have a room, particularly if I'm traveling with the whole family and we're, it's one of the, the is people probably that listen to the show on a r- regular basis know that the Romano family have m- major excursions and we, we go in packs and we go for a long time and we have a lot of demands. I will I will call the hotel that uh, or resort that I'm going to stay uh maybe two or three times between the time I book and the time we show up. Sometimes it's because we want the feather pillows removed, but it's always strictly for the purpose of confirming that I'm booked, that we have the right room size that we're looking for uh and the accommodations and, and then literally they almost know me by the time I show up and if we are late, going to arrive late uh then the call ahead is always something I do uh, to make sure that they know that uh, we're going to be there. And for whatever the reason, the Romanos are always late arrivals. So- yeah, well, and
1: if you, the other thing is, if things go to hell in a handbasket, remember, be firm, but be polite. Because those, th- those two things in combination, uh, with a little emphasis on the polite part, might get you that room that otherwise might not have existed two minutes before.
0: All right, we hope that uh, helps you out and makes you a little bit smarter traveler. Coming up after the news, we're going to talk about ride-sharing by way of... Not a smartphone. You know, there are a lot of folks that, uh, for one reason or another, maybe it's age or a choice, doesn't have a smartphone but wants to take advantage of the ride shares, the Ubers, and the lifts. Well, we got a guy that we're going to spend some time with that's come up with a program called Go Go Grandparent. Details after the break here on the Travel Guys.
3: Country.
0: Welcome, you found the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano here on the radio, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, every Sunday, 3 to 4, on KFBK and at iHeartRadio. And follow along and links to our guests at TravelGuysRadio.com. Our next guest, this is curious because, Mark, not that long ago, I mean, like within the last day or so, my wife and I were, were dealing with taking care of an aunt and... And parents and grandparents and such, and so oftentimes we think, "Well, gee, I wish they had a smartphone.
1: Tom, you know our our loved ones are living longer, we are all busier. Um, it would be perfect if we could always be there to take the people that we love or care about to the places. ...that they want to go, or even if it's just to get a ride to the airport to be able to take the trip they want to take. But sometimes that's just not possible. Uh, You could say, well, there's Uber and there's Lyft and other ride-sharing services and the like. But what if that person doesn't have a smartphone? I mean, what if they can't summon an Uber or a Lyft? And this is what happened to the man we're about to interview. And he's going to explain the whole story to you about how his grandmother uh, suggested... The ultimate ultimately became Go Go Grandparent. Justin Bugard is joining us on the phone now. Welcome, Justin, to the Travel Guys. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, Justin, how long has Go Go Grandparent been in existence?
3: We've been around since 2016. Grandma's first ride was January 4th, 2016.
1: Now, wait a minute, Grandma's ride, does that mean your grandma's first ride? That's right. Yeah.
3: Um, actually go, go grandparent was her idea. I lived with her for three years working on a bunch of different projects. And then when she got frustrated of me being a bum, she, and also needed to know Uber's phone number. Uh, I told her Uber didn't have a phone number. And then she kind of, this was over dinner on a Sunday. She kind of admonished, well, you should go and make that. And I had been working with, um, my co-founder, David Lunk on a few other um, ideas prior to that, none of which were really working out. We had decided that to test this out, we would um, make it and not tell grandma that we had made it because we didn't want her to use it just because we made it. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we, we called it a fake company. And if she were to call the fake company, it would ring me, but I would put on a, a fake voice. Um, and then my co-founder, David Lung, he wrote her uh, postcards from this fake person, um, at, at inviting her to use the service for the first time. It took her a couple of weeks, but she eventually used it. She Then she told her friends about it. And then at that point, we told her that it was actually us and that we had made it her idea for her. And then she was speechless for a full 60 seconds and then said, this one's a winner, honey. This one's a winner, and so from from then on it's been growing quite considerably ever since
0: well let me uh, let me ask you you know seniors and grandmas uh, when they when they go anywhere sometimes they need a little more assistance getting in and out of the car and when they get to their destination making sure that they they arrive at uh, their doctor's office doorstep. does your service provide that little bit of extra that uh, a grandparent would need?
3: Well, um, we are subcontracting drivers through Lyft and Uber, and because of that, we can't work with people that need physical assistance getting into the vehicle. Like people that are wheelchair bound, unless they're traveling with a companion that can handle that for them, we aren't totally set up yet to handle those needs. That being said, people with foldable wheelchairs, foldable walkers, canes, um, we have Uh, procedures and scenarios in place to accommodate equipment like that. Uh, We also have um, uh, a list of drivers that we prefer working with who have expressed their willingness to help in the past, and whenever they're available, we will um, dispatch a ride to one of them.
1: So, Justin, where is GoGo Grandparent available now?
3: Well, we're available wherever Lyft and Uber are. Um, We have callers now uh, in over 7,000 cities in every U.S. state, and every province in Canada.
1: Justin, let me ask you, uh, Uber and, and Lyft, uh, Uber makes their their financing fairly public, uh, Lyft does not, but both of those companies have lost a truckload, many truckloads of dollars in their startup. So you sound like a fairly young guy. You've been doing this now for a couple, three years. I'm not asking for your financial statement, but I'm just curious as to whether or not your company has become profitable in a, in this short period of time.
3: Um, yeah, thank you for asking. So we, we're definitely not going out of business. Um, we are profitable operationally, and then whatever we choose to spend on marketing uh, can affect our bottom line. Um, it is a pretty thin margin business, but we... You do pretty well with volume and so we've been able to to cover the cost of our operations and then whatever marketing we're able to afford
1: so Justin when the current group of grandparents who perhaps I, I work with many of them myself and I know many of them are not computer savvy quite yet but the next group is is bound to be more savvy than the current group how does that impact GoGo Grandparent how does it impact your, your somewhat phone based business model
3: Thank you so much for asking, um, and and it is it has been kind of an interesting ride. It's a little bit related to how Goover Grandparent grew up. Um, originally, we just started the uh, telephone thing. People would call a number, press one or press two. Um, we had an option to press zero for an operator, but it was sort of just like in case Grandma needed to reach me. It wasn't really meant to be used a whole bunch. Um, We thought that we had done a fantastic job of making all the functionality in Lyft and Uber available through a phone number. And so we weren't really expecting people to need to speak to us. We quickly realized that that was totally incorrect. My co-founder, David Lung, and I were the first operators on the phone. And once we started reaching about 25 people, we we would get these calls coming in throughout the day. We at first thought it was just people that were new trying to learn more about the platform. Um But quickly we realized that it was kind of the same people having the same sort of problems. And that's when we touched on what I think has made GoGo Grandparent much more successful than just having the phone number. Uh, the phone number um, is obviously incredibly important. It makes the whole thing seamless and simple. Um, but most of the work that GoGo Grandparent does today, maybe 80 to 90 percent of the work that we do today, isn't actually about the ride uh, isn't actually about ordering the ride. It's about managing the ride. Um, it's not something that you and I think about often, but there's actually two requirements to use these on-demand transportation services. One is that you have to have a smartphone. The other is is that you have to be able to manage a complicated multi-step process on your own. It is a self-serve option, something that um, you might not even realize is hard. Uh, but as people age, including myself, um, there are lower levels of uh, awareness that they might have, slower reaction times, um, maybe even like arthritis or physical disabilities that make um, not just using a smartphone hard, but actually thinking about all the ways that something wrong can happen. And that is something that we don't predict is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, about 30% of people over the age of 75 have a smartphone and about 30% of go-go grandparents sign have a smartphone. The fact that the two numbers are consistent makes us think that what we're really doing is providing kind of a virtual caregiving service, um, one that we want to continue to expand on and explore to see if there are more ways that we can help keep people independent and in their home longer. Sorry for the long-winded answer, but it's one that we're really excited about and kind of gives, shines some light on the vision of Go Grandparents.
1: Uh, Justin, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time today. I kind of agree with Grandma. I, I believe that you've hit on something here as all of those of us who have this tremendous challenge of trying to get people we care about to places that they need to be when we can't be there with them. And for those who still have their independence and can move around, it sounds like GoGo Grandparent might be a pretty reasonable alternative. Um, you can go to travelguysradio.com and see the link. Uh Justin, do you folks have a phone number since this is a phone-based thing that they were folks can uh, contact? Oh, absolutely. You? 855-464-6872.
3: 855 go go USA.
1: Okay, we will also put that at travelguysradio.com. But uh hopefully you'll find some new customers in the Sacramento area sometime sometime soon. Go go grandparent, it's called. And if you have a, an elderly a relative, friend, somebody like that, tell them about it. It sounds like one heck of a deal.
0: Coming up next in a couple of minutes here on the final segment of the Travel Guys for today, let's go training to one of the greatest train rides in the world, right here on the Travel Guys. The Travel Guys, Mark and Tom, uh, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And a lot of folks are ready to head out and hit the dusty trail. And some are going to do one of the things that I enjoy most. And that is climb aboard a railroad uh, to, to places unknown. Uh, and Mark, and you have a, something on your bucket list to tell us about that has to do with train rides. What do we have? This, Tom, this is undoubtedly
1: the most scenic and the hardest to get to train ride in the United States. And so it seems appropriate that those two things would would run together. We're talking about the Cumbres and Toltec Scenic Railroad, which runs along the Colorado-New Mexico border, so it actually runs in both states. And it is something that's on my bucket list. I've never been there. There aren't too many things after all these years of being on the road, especially in these United States that I haven't made it to at least once. But this is one of them and I'm a train fan so it's way high on my list. We are joined Uh, by John Bush. Um, John is the president of the Combrés and Toltec Scenic Railroad. John, welcome to the Travel Guys.
2: Well, Mark, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you.
1: John, the train isn't located near any major metropolitan areas. Tell us how folks can get to the Combrés and Toltec. That's
2: correct. We are about 100 miles north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. We're about 100 miles east of Durango, Colorado. We're about 100 miles west of Taos, New Mexico. That puts us about 160 miles north of Albuquerque, and we're about 250 miles south of Denver. So we really are in the middle of the bottom of the San Luis Valley and quite distant from any major urban center. It is part of what keeps the railroad unique. It is part of what causes us to continue to be sort of a a land that time forgot. Uh, We like to call it 64 miles of 1880. There are no paved roads, no parking lots, no power lines, no fast food stores, no 7-Elevens.
1: My staff tells me, John, that uh, it is indeed one of the best train rides in North America. I see that you have been named Best Attraction in New Mexico, Best Attraction in Colorado, because the train crosses back and forth uh, along the state line there. Um, because you are in such a remote area, uh, tell our listeners uh, a lot of those places that you're talking about have no air service or only limited air service. So do folks come and make a an excursion? Does an excursion on the train, it's all day, so does it require pretty much an overnight on each in to give our folks a little bit of an understanding about what riding the train entails.
2: It does. Typically, uh, people will fly into either Albuquerque or Denver and then drive down. It's a very pleasant drive through some beautiful country to get to us. Typically, they stay overnight uh, on the Colorado side in Alamosa and on the New Mexico side in Chama. There are a number of hotels in Chama, New Mexico. That people stay in the, the train ride, of course, is an all-day experience. It includes a lunch included in the train ride. The train ride itself runs from about 10 o'clock in the morning when the trains depart, and they depart from both ends at the same time. They meet in the middle at a what was is now a ghost town, essentially called Osier, Colorado, where we serve a hot full lunch, uh, turkey or meatloaf salad bar, dessert bar all included in the price of the ticket. And then the train goes on to the other end. When you get to the other end, there's a one-hour motor coach ride back to the beginning of the train ride over a different route. Typically, people will spend one or two nights in the area.
1: John, what's your favorite time of the year to to ride the train? Well, the, the train is
2: most popular uh, during the fall color season when all the aspens turn gold. We like to refer to that as the gold rush. Uh, so early September through the end of our season, which is the third week in October, all the aspens are turning gold, and it's really quite dramatic. But it is beautiful at all times of year. We open Memorial Day weekend and run through the third week of October. In the spring, of course, you've got the wildflowers and the, the greening up of the aspen. There are There's wildlife out at all times. Uh, including antelope, deer, elk, bear, eagles, uh, and, of course, small game as well.
0: Wow, it sounds like a, an amazing trip, doesn't it, Tom? It did, does, absolutely. I I love I love training and have done a few. Uh and of course part of it is is the scenery and all of that, but the but the ride on the train and, and the kind of trains that you ride on. John, tell us a little bit about about your trains. Do you have uh, a viewing cart? Is there any open air cars? Tell us a little bit about uh, the train itself and the accommodations.
2: So the train itself, obviously, pulled by steam locomotives, the newest of which was built in 1925. Um, Everybody has reserved coach seating, uh, although they can upgrade to tourist car seating, which is kind of cafe seating, or parlor car. And both the tourist and parlor car have car attendants to take care of your needs, Uh, A list of amenities, alcoholic beverages are available for purchase on the train. Additionally, we do have an open rider car that has no seats but sides, no roof, and people can go and stand in that and enjoy the scenery for as long as they want. One of the marvelous things about this, and of course we like to say experience the thrill of 12 miles an hour, is that people really slow down and get to know each other, get to talk to each other, and it's, it's a very, very different experience than traveling on an airplane, for example, or going through the scenery at 65, 70 miles an hour on a highway. You really get to see nature and the geology sort of unfold slowly before you. It, it's a step back in time.
1: The Combrays and Toltec Scenic Railroad Uh, We will put a link to their website at TravelGuysRadio.com so that you can find it. I would love to tell you that the underwriter of the program, Sports Leisure Vacations, can take you there. But, well, I guess we could take one person. There is one seat available on our trip departing in September, which covers that fall color season that uh, John was talking about. So if you are interested, we'll put links at TravelGuysRadio.com, or you can just take a trek On your own, what a wonderful trip it would be. Start out in Denver, drive down to Albuquerque, stop and do the train in the meantime. You could do the Pueblo in in Taos and stop in Santa Fe. It would be an an excellent trip. John, thank you so much uh, for your time today. And uh, good luck on the summer season with the Combrés and Toltec. Well, thank you very
2: much for the opportunity to talk to you and share this amazing train ride with your
0: listeners. So, Mark, uh, what's what's the plans for you and uh, your opportunity to jump on board? I, I don't know when I'm going to get there, but, you know, Sports Leisure
1: Vacations takes people there. Uh, generally, every year, we've got a Colorado train trip that involves a, a bunch. As I mentioned, it's, it's almost practically full for this year. But I'm hoping to be a part of that maybe one of these years myself. Uh, I'm getting getting to the point where it's time to be a traveler on my own trip. So, um. Uh, But, yeah, it really – everybody who goes on this trip comes back and says, wow, and especially those who go in the fall, which is generally when we take people. It's a little more crowded, but it's also even more spectacular. Those golden aspen trees are really something. So, Thomas, uh, about time to wrap up for this week. Next week, we're going to have uh, Scott Angeletti from Sports Leisure Vacations is going to come on and tell us all about those spectacular national parks in Utah.
0: Don't forget now, folks, you can uh, check out our podcasts and get links to all of what we talk about uh, here on Travel Gu- on the Travel Guys radio program at TravelGuysRadio.com. All righty, Mark, a final farewell from you?
1: Uh, dance like nobody's watching.
0: All right, my friends, you stay well now, and we'll see you next week here on the Travel Guys.